Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hey everyone, welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. This is the only talk show dedicated to the art and science of mixing records, where together we're becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. I'm your host, David Michael, and I'm sitting here with Tony DeSero. What up? And finally, back here in studio, Trip Turlington. Uh-huh. Hey! Welcome back. <laughs> Our audio engineer and co-host. So good to be back, too, man. Welcome, man. It's, it hasn't been the same, man. We missed you. Yeah. It, it, this whole house buying and moving thing, like, it's it, it's been uh, a lot different from previous experiences. So, like, it, we're, we're finally getting to a point where we're feeling more settled in. And you had to take a break to adult for a while. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. We're back. <laughs> exactly. So I tell you what I want to do today is something fun to get us back into the groove of things. And so we had a really good response from our pick three episode where we all brought in three tracks each. And so we're going to do that again, except for we are doing a hip hop edition. So we all brought in three hip hop tracks, not necessarily our top three or anything, but just three hip hop tracks that we wanted to bring in and share and talk about and why we like them and or they're important to us or whatever. Normally, Passionate DJ uh, podcast is kind of a... We aim for a PG-13 rating. <laughs> this is a hip-hop show. I don't know that that's possible. This, <laughs> this is going to be an explicit show. So say, if, it's either that or you're going to make my job really hard. Like, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you if you let your kids listen to the podcast or whatever, this might be one that you skip. But <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, we all brought in some tracks. Uh, I think we've got a pretty good varied list today. So I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting it up and talking about some good hip-hop. For sure. So um, before we get into that, I did want to make one quick announcement. Um, I have completed our, let me make sure I say it right, Tractor Control Mega Guide. So this is kind of like uh, just one big long article that goes over all of the Native Instruments tractor hardware. So the, the Control S2, S4, S8, and so on. Uh, as well as all the modulars with the, the D2 and, and kind of compares them so uh, you can determine which you might want to buy if you're looking to buy one or why you might choose one over the other and kind of how they work. So if you're interested in switching to Tractor or you're already a Tractor user, you can go to passionatedj.com forward slash control with a K, control, and check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Very cool. Um I think that's all the announcements. Do you, oh, did you guys, did you, trip get a chance to listen to the Donnie episode? I did. I'm so sorry that you weren't able to participate uh, in that. Like, man. of all the episodes for me to miss, especially, like, with with the icon that Donnie is, and and as much as I jabber on and on and on and on about the Rave Act, and him actually having that firsthand experience in it and, and being one of the people on the front lines of you know, getting through the bullshit legislation that that was and, and, and keep on, you know, going, going forward with everything and helping the scene become what it is today. And as much as everybody, you know, complains about, and I'm using air quotes here, EDM, but you know, that's what our scene has, has evolved into and it'll continue to evolve into something else. But because of what it what the legislators to, tried to do to us in the beginning, I've got the utmost respect for Donnie. Uh, just, just on that point alone, 
never mind all of the other, you know, everything else that he's done for the scene, for sure. Yeah, as soon as he started talking about the uh, all the litigation and the crack house law and all right. that stuff, I was like, oh, man, Trip really wishes he was here right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I was, I was like, man, he would love to be here for that. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think it turned out really to be a, a great interview. It was, it was really an honor to have him on. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, Tony, for, for hooking that up. No problem. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about that was his just kind of general positive outlook. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering all the things that he's been through and he's been here, you know, since about the beginning right. and has seen the, the, the way that the scene has changed and evolved and it's, he was in the rave thing and now he's in the festival thing and the, yep. you know, all this kind of stuff. And a lot of people will pick one or the other. Right. And, right. and he's just like, Hey, this is the form that it is now. And I'm right now I'm enjoying this one. I just thought, I thought that was a pretty cool yeah. statement for him to make. Yeah, such absolutely. a nice guy. So, He's such yeah. a nice guy. Well, I like the fact that he doesn't put all of his eggs in one basket. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's not just, like you said, it's not just festivals and it's not just underground events. Like, He's been around long enough that he knows that things are going to change again. Yeah. So might as well, you know, spread out the portfolio and and maybe not chase trends, but, you know, pay attention to the evolution and and, Keep relevant. And be yeah. able to morph along with it, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, got a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, uh, Donnie, I don't know if you're listening or not, but thanks so much for being on, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we gained a couple of followers from uh, from that. So thank you guys. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. That's right. And uh, this is a good uh, episode to reintroduce you. This is kind of a just-for-fun episode. So right. I do have one, one thing that I wanted to address. Sure. Dear Pioneer, thank you. But still, (laughs) okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, Trip was on break for the uh, the latest uh, Pioneer announcement. Ah, Pioneer DDJ RZX or RXZ, whatever it is. Uh, You know, I've been I've been you know blabbering on and just you know really hitting it about what Pioneer, you know, would, if they would just make the ultimate controller and, and then as I kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it, and then this thing drops and I got all excited and I was all like, yes, there it is. And then, uh, uh, Mr. Shifter and I were talking about it on Facebook cause he had the same reaction when mm-hmm. he saw it. And then he posted that on my timeline in like 30 <laughs> seconds right. after it was announced, but you know, uh, it still requires a laptop and, yep. and that's the part that bothers me is it requires a laptop. If you're going to build something so flagship with all of the screens and all of the, uh, with all of that stuff. I get that the laptop is probably more needed for the video aspect of it uh, because it it all does natively control like Serato video and all of that or, uh, you know, um, not Serato video, but uh, it does video stuff very similarly to that. But, you know, not everybody does video. As a matter of fact, I would venture to say most people don't. So like it almost seems like an excuse to have the laptop there. It's like, right. well, you need it for the video. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's very unpioneer right. of them, right. seemingly. I mean, they're they're the the kings of of keeping laptops out of the booth. Yeah. And, and and what would and I'd be okay like if if you make the laptop optional. Like, yeah, because you know, Recordbox is now a full-blown software suite like Serato and Tractor. So, I get it, you know, but Record box didn't start there, you know. So yeah. if everybody who wants that like kind of Nexusy, you know, kind of experience without the eight thousand yeah. dollar <laughs> price tag, you know, I'm okay with paying thirty five hundred dollars 
for a, a, a controller that would do all of that stuff. But you know, it'd be cool if, if it came out with like an RZ plus or whatever something right, so that right. it's like, okay, you, you tack on a four or $500 premium, but it's entirely standalone. So you have the option. Right. Why right. do that when they can charge a thousand dollars more for the next one? Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It does kind of make you wonder what what's the next one going to be, right? Though. Right. I mean, where right. are they going to go with that? Yeah, because that RZX, I mean, and, and or RXZ, whatever it is, it's, I mean, for all intent and purposes, it's everything I've been asking for. You know, except for the laptop is required. Yeah. You know, if they just made it so that the laptop was optional, then yeah, I've already sold my my SZ. So and probably just kind of as a you know just to stick this in the mix. Not that any of us have problems with laptops in the booth. We all use them. Right, you know, right, But right. Uh, it, it's kind of the the point is, you know, to to a lot of us, take your jump drive, go in, plug into the club system, and you're done. Right. Everything is how it should be. Yep. And so you would think that they would make a home setup that was – they do make home setups that are compatible with that, but that is uh, set up in the same way to where, you know – what you have at home is what you have in the club and it's, you know, consistent. Right. Right. So, but what what do I know? I'm just a, (laughs) just a dude. (laughs) Exactly. I'm the same way. Like I I get it. Like, and I'm sure there's a lot of more, like to Tony's point, there's a lot of marketing. There's a lot of, you know, future, uh, future growth and, and R and D and, and new products. And as they come out with new features, you know, then those will get integrated into future things, but just from a flagship model, perspective like that that's just that that's the one piece of it that you know for that price tag make the laptop optional and even if it does require the video like okay fine if i don't use my laptop i can't do video i'm okay with that Mm. like but yeah it's just that was oh that's been eating at me for (laughs) four episodes (laughs) (laughs) you finally got to get it out (laughs) (laughs) no doubt uh, okay, well, you want to get on to our hip-hop tracks? Sure, let's, let's do, do this. Um, Trip, why don't you start us out? What, did, what do you bring in? <laughs> well, um, I, 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 I started off with something that was, uh, it's fun. Like, okay. it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and to date myself here, um, there was a nightclub in uh, a suburb of Cincinnati and it was uh, all ages, like, or actually not all ages. It was, uh, you had to be 20 or under. A teen club. Yeah, oh, it was, okay. so it was a teen club. Um, but, like, I just always thought that was a weird age group to, yeah. like, kind of batch together a there. A 13 and a 19-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> um, so as a teenager, you know, still still in high school or whatever, that's where we, you know, got our first, like, you know, club experience together. But at the time, you know, I wasn't really super into dance music. You know, whatever dance music I had been exposed to at that point in my life was all still, like, mainstream or, like, remix things that, mm. you know, kind of got out there. You know, think, like, Four Non Blondes, the DJ Miko remix of uh, What's Up or whatever. You know, so that's the kind of, you know, stuff that I had been ex- exposed to by that point in my life. And uh, so a lot of the the, the tracks that, or the, the, the songs that we were dancing to and, and, and really listening to and enjoying at that time in my life was all either hip hop or rap and and stuff like that. So this club, I mean, they pretty much catered to that. Okay. And uh, you know, 
I've got a list of songs a mile long of just stuff from that period of my of my life that, you know, is either iconic or something I really enjoyed or whatever. But uh, as we were talking about preparing for this, like there was just something about this track and uh, it just wanted made me want to, like, bring it on here just to share it. So well, let's um, fade it in. I'm dying. to Yeah, know. yeah, for sure. So. Oh yeah! <laughs> now we're talking, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a great track. Yeah. So, like, for me, like, Crucial Conflict was not like they weren't like anything like huge you know they they had this one hit like they were a one hit wonder as far as i know i mean if if crucial conflict went on to do anything else i i'm not even aware of it but i love this track because every time it came on in the club it was just one of those things where like there was this like four corner hop dance that everybody knew to do and like you know the the whole club would just be doing it and everybody had like their different flavors of it you know so like some people were hopping and other people were like you know gangster leaning it back and forth and you know it was just in that way yeah like about any vibe from it yeah it was like you know the gangbangers electric slide or something (laughs) but you know and, and and not that i'm like i don't partake anymore i don't you know for the record i don't have any problems with anybody that does um but you know back when i was a teenager i did i i smoked a lot of weed and like you know so when this came on and then all of a sudden the whole club just went up and smoke <laughs> and the dj knew it so every time that they went to play it like they knew that was going to happen and and like the um and and the owners were like you guys got to stop that <laughs> Stop playing that song and done it. <laughs> so, so this yeah. is, of course, since we didn't directly come out and say it, this is crucial conflict. Hey, it's called Hey, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, one of my favorite things about this song is actually my wife is super into this song. Really? Which the reason that's significant is because she's not a huge hip hop head. She's right. like a country girl. <laughs> and this and another track, which I'll go ahead and mention because I don't think anybody brought it in, was uh, Arrested Development, Tennessee. Oh yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. And uh, so it's just kind of like. It's one of those tracks I can turn on, and she even starts getting into it, you know, doing the bounce <laughs> right. and stuff. Um, that still works, by the way. Like, whenever I have little house parties and stuff, yeah. and I'll just, not necessarily DJing, but if I'm just playing tunes, I'll turn this song on, and everyone's, oh! <laughs> and the whole, right. the whole thing, yeah, it's, it's just one of those songs, man. Yeah. yeah. Makes you feel good. It's it's kind of yeah. party-tastic, but it's not super in your face. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's got some swag to it, <laughs> for it to use a modern term. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's perfect for the subject matter. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so we'll let, let that go for a second. Yeah. There was when did this come out? Do you know? It's um, ninety uh, early to mid. It's like ninety four, ninety five, probably. Um, 
95. Okay, yep. so right then, like 95, there was just a series of songs where it had this kind of rap style, too. Right. Where it's kind of up here and you just kind of keep on the da 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 da, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it was also right when gangster rap was really taking hold. So it was kind of, this was almost like alternative hip hop. Right, yeah. Like it was, it was. It, one of the cool things about it was is it was a break from all of that, even though that that was like the thing at the time. Like it, it needed to be, yeah. Gangster rap needed to be there, you know, to call attention to a lot of the things that were going on, you know, from a political, socioeconomic, you know, uh, standpoint in our in our history. Yeah, and um, you know it, that that gave a voice and and a stage to a different type of art. Now, you know, art is, of course, subjective, and there's a lot of people out there that would tell me that it was all garbage and, you know, whatever. Mm. But, you know, this kind of, for me, kind of set the the whole tone for that whole down south rap thing. Yeah. Right? You know, like your Has nappy roots and, and all of, you know, uh, the goody mob, Outcast, yep. like you know, and, and I mean, Outcast have been doing stuff. You know, uh, you know, they were really taking off right about the time that this was all going on. I think AT Aliens came out around mm. ninety five, ninety six. So, you know, like all of that stuff from the down south. You know, it 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 just had, you know, a, a a different feel, a different style, and it was able to. It was something you could play anywhere. Well, and this this is at an era where I mean, it was songs like that reminded us that like hip hop could be fun right. feel good music too right. like hip hop was taking a really severe um turn into very serious subject matter right. and uh anger yep. and anger, violence anger, yep, and that exactly. kind of stuff yep, yep. and uh and also uh conflict right, you know right. and you know that's right when the east coast west coast thing was really heating up and yep. everything so songs like this were like hey you know this is music we can do what we want with. We can still have these feel good tunes, <laughs> right? And 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 it wasn't polarizing, you know. Like right. crucial conflict. If you put on, hey, the only thing that was you know going to be an argument is whether you pass it to the left or the right. <laughs> like, you know? Right. It wasn't going to be a brawl in the club, <laughs> right? You know, if you play East Coast, you know, if you played Tupac or Biggie at any given point in time, even here in Ohio, it was a very polarizing thing. Like there it was were like people. part in the Red Sea. You have all the West Coast people go over here, <laughs> right. and, they- <laughs> and here I am in the middle going. Don't shoot me, guys. I like it all. Right. Like, <laughs> smoking on hay. <laughs> <laughs> great choice, man. Awesome. That's a great yeah, song. That's a great song. Awesome. That's yeah. one of those songs that I actually f- kind of forgot about. Yeah. You know? Then you hear it and you're like, oh, man, this is a jam. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, what a great song. You'll be listening to it for the next week, too. Absolutely. Like, yeah, day. I will. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. All right, Tony, what did you bring in for your first track? Uh, well, um, I went back a decade before. Nice. Um, okay. When I was uh, when I was growing up, I have an older brother and an older sister. Um, my sister was into more of the uh, the southern rock, like the Leonard Skinner, mm. Triumph, and things like that. Mm-hmm. My brother was into the hair bands, Kiss, Motley Crue, stuff like that. Um, so when it came to hip hop, I was in between me being in gymnastics and everything, I was a bat boy for my dad's baseball team because mm. my dad coached baseball. There was a guy that played baseball with my brother that got me into hip-hop. And the first song that I heard that he played was by uh, uh, the Untouchable Force Organization, which is better known as UTFO Crew. Yep. 
Um, and it was Roxanne, Roxanne. Um, you can go ahead and play if you want. Also a good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're bringing it way back. Right? She's all stuck up. Why you say that? Cause you wouldn't give a guy like me no rap. But she was walking down the street, so I said, hello. I'm Kango from your TFO. Baby, don't you know I can sing rap dancing just one show? Cause I'm Kango, Mr. Sophisticator. As far as I know, ain't nobody greater from beginning to end and to beginning. So this comes from an era where, you know, hip-hop was just getting its footing and like, the entire focus almost was lyricism. Right. And it wasn't really matured yet, but they were still kind of figuring out what rap was, I think. Right. In its infancy, but it's those ones that, nail- it was like, this is a, whoa, what is this? This is a whole new thing, you know? Sure. Um, and it's, it's just, it has that that 80s um, cadence to it. That, <laughs> you know, it's like Cool Mo D kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They all kind of sounded like that. Uh, even Run DMC and... What year was this, Tony? 1985. Yes, I would have been two. <laughs> I, was, I was 10, 10, 11-ish. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't know much about hip-hop at the time. Um, I was just getting into the breakdancing. Mm-hmm. And that's the angle that I was uh, getting into hip-hop and just dance music in general. And, and I heard this, and I just go further into... Roxanne, there was Roxanne, Roxanne, Roxanne Shante, there was Roxanne's sister, you know, the, this, this whole era. Um, but this was one of the first rap songs that I ever heard that influenced me into rap, hip hop, whatever you want to call it. Gotcha. So that's yeah. I picked this song is because it really pulled me into hip hop. Right. You know, my introduction to hip hop, you know, I was talking about I would have been two years old. So that means by the time I started paying attention to that kind of music, it would have been MC Hammer, mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice era. Right? right. So my introduction was a little silly, but. Well. But I very quickly got into, thanks to my father, actually, got into Digital Underground. Ah, very nice. Yeah. I didn't, but I very easily could have brought in a Digital Underground track. Everybody knows the Humpty Dance. Well, sure, but. Digital Underground as a a band, you know, as a group, was really, they did a really a lot of cool stuff, a lot of musical stuff, a lot of like big long piano breaks and stuff, like the album versions of their songs. It was very musical and innovative and cool stuff. And is, I mean, that's where Tupac, you know, was. Yep. yep. So he would dance um, for them, and then they let him on uh, same song to do yeah. a verse. Yep. Um, and to your point about you know being silly, like my introduction to, I think I've mentioned before, um, as far as rap and hip hop are concerned, a friend of mine when we were eight years old sent me a, a tape in the mail um, of like N.W.A. and Eazy-E and stuff like that, but. At the around that same time, once okay, so that's my introduction. But then, like, I very quickly found things like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which everybody remembers as being silly or whatever. But then, like, just through following them, like that, like Jazzy Jeff, it, you know, as I got into DJing and all of that stuff, even before then, like that's just somebody that as I followed them, like 
it, Jazzy Jeff is iconic. Like he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't just the DJ on this in this like silly little group that was like parental friendly rap or whatever, but like one of the most iconic DJs in the DJ world. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I have to. I know we're like way off topic here, but I have to stand up for Will Smith for a minute. On Amen. Because. Like everybody remembers, depending on how old they are, they remember him for uh, getting jiggy with it, or like parents just don't understand, right? Something like that, which is kind of like you said, family friendly, radio friendly stuff. Yeah, but it, some of his tracks, like dude can rap. Oh yeah, there was uh, what's that song? Boom, shake the room. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and I I hadn't listened to it in ages, and I just randomly came across it. I was putting it on a playlist. And he's just like his flow in that song. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Dude, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, I I really love that sound, and and it seems like it all kind of went by the wayside, you know, shortly after Jazzy Jeff, because as the gangster rap thing really took took hold, and it, everything got a lot more aggressive. So that, like, yeah, that '80s cadence thing kind of yeah. like went went by the wayside and i get it everything has to evolve but um it was still just one of those things where it was like ah but it was so good <laughs> i also have to point out the so you said 85 right yeah so this this had to be one of the very earliest tracks that had scratching all over it i, I think the first was herbie hancock Rock. Yeah, like so, like in what, that was what, like eighty two, eighty three, something like that. Man, I've got the record at home. Yeah, look at it, but yeah, yeah, it's so it was like that that scratching, all that scratching there that you heard at the end. That yeah. was a new thing. Like, right. Probably a lot of people didn't even know what that sound was. Right. You know. Right. All right, so I'll go ahead and bring my first track in. So this is kind of in line with with uh, your track trip. This is kind of a similar, uh, probably the same year. It came out and a similar flow and feel to it, to this band entirely, really. This is Passing Me By. by. Oh, oh, man. I love this. I'll just let this first verse come in real quick. Yeah. That beat. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> hear stuff like that anymore. it's storytelling like so once again this was kind of one of those um, more on the side of alternative hip-hop or whatever you want to call it. it it wasn't the the common sound of the time but it right. was just so fresh i mean that that's one of my favorite instrumentals of all time oh for sure for sure and, and it's got the that swing to it like in the beat you can't help but just kind of like yeah. rock your shoulders and you know nod it's back got and a forth bit of grit to it you right. hear that kind of i don't know if that's white noise or it almost sounds like a, a, a crackle yeah crackle. Yep. yeah but Those little jazzy horns in it. Yeah, I know, man. Like, and and oh yeah, and the, I mean the far side were just so ahead of their time with Absolutely. all of that. Like, I mean, um, I, I 
I, I don't even remember the first time I was even introduced to the far side, but it was just, I remember the first time I heard it, I think it was, it was either passing me by or running, and I just was like, oh. oh running so good. Oh. <laughs> I, I went between the two. I, oh, I, I have no doubt. I wanted, but the instrumental to this one just slightly wins out for me. Right. So yeah. All I can do is stay up Back as kids we used to kiss when we played Truth the day Now she's more sophisticated, highly educated, Not at all overrated I think I need a prayer to get in a book And it looks rather dry I guess a twinkle in her eye is just a twinkle in So good, I could listen to the song every day I know, we're, we're having a hard time talking over it Because we're just... <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I, it, for me, it really is. It's a call back to, you know, when uh, hip hop was really all about storytelling and, and even the gangster rap was about storytelling. It, it was, I'll get back to that. Yeah, it was, it was, a, yeah, it, it was a different type of storytelling, but you know, for, for like a lot of modern rap and, and hip hop, you know, at least what you hear on the radio anyway, it's just, it, it's it's not about that anymore, and that and 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 I I know that maybe that's a generational gap thing, but you know whatever whatever hip hop has evolved into, it's very hard for me to connect to that because you know there's only so much you can talk about you know bottles pot and you know whatever that I, that I can connect with. If it's got a good beat, yeah, I can bob my head and all that, but you know from an emotional you know what well, sucks you in and gives you a reason to to listen right. to what's being said yeah you know yeah whereas a lot of current modern clubby trappy kind of rap is more about the the sound and the the cadence like hats you know that right right that kind of stuff and drill sounds and and back then you know it was like you said it was storytelling right and as a producer as a producer i am always like super jealous of people who can like find these like types of like samples and masterfully like put them all together like it just that's to me oh, it sounds like there's a whole band there is a guy playing drums and right on the horns yeah and, it, and it's all like just put together like it was meant to be there you know and i'm like when i find like you know horn samples and drum samples and all that stuff and start putting it all together it sounds like somebody found a bunch of samples and mashed them together <laughs> right <laughs> I really, I'm a huge Farside fan, and uh, I, I bought this, uh, like I have Farside slip mats, and like I, I bought this whole like package from them. They had like this whole, it was like 7-inch slip mats, 12-inch slip mats, and then a couple other little things, like a fan package that they were selling on their store. And so I, every now and then I take pictures of that stuff that I got, and I post it on our Instagram photo. So right. they... Um, I don't know if they follow us or not, but they interact with us on Instagram every now and I've then. I've seen that, like, yeah. especially like with the with, when the when you uh, did the the slip mats. Yep. And when when they like that, I'm all like, "The force I liked it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they'll occasionally they'll like regram stuff that I post. Very and cool. I guess that's all I got to say. I just I could talk about Farside all day. I'm just For I'm sure. in love with Farside, but yeah. I I wish they still came out with more music. But yep. 
that the stuff that they did, it's all just on point. Oh yeah. And, and, and replayability. I yep, mean, yep. we're talking how many, how many years later and I could still put that on repeat, you know, it's run it on music. repeat. Like, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they, they've done so much good stuff. Like I can yep. just keep it all going over and over and over. And it all, it just makes me feel like summer. Like every time I'm just, <laughs> I want to have a cookout and I'm like, turn it on and just grill and just have people nodding their heads to it. Right. <laughs> feels summery. I don't know. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. What you got for us next, Trip? So for me, like um, the next one I wanted to bring uh, was uh, I was just talking about how for me I I, I don't really connect that well with modern uh, rap and hip hop. Like okay. now, especially the mainstream stuff. Like I do some of it. Like you know, I'm not totally rejecting of of new stuff, but you know, occasionally. Um, somebody comes out with something good that like really, you know, you know, comes out and, and, and wows me. But, uh, for me around 99 to 01, as I was really diving into EDM because I was losing interest in, in hip hop and mainstream rap and all of that stuff. And, you know, so I really started diving into dance music. Well, around that same time, a really good friend of mine who was also into the rave scene was really big into the hip hop scene. And, um, you know, we would talk about all of that, you know, and, and eventually she, she was like, give this a try. And she gave me an album, uh, uh, or a CD. Uh, she gave me a CD by a group called atmosphere. Okay. And it was, uh, it was called God loves ugly. And I was listening to it and, and it's, it, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's an, it's an indie hip hop type of thing. Uh, some people go as far as to call it emo hop. (laughs) 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 Um, but what I really liked about it is that, you know, he, the, 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 the rapper, um, Sean Daly, uh, he goes by MC slug and, um, atmosphere is him and a guy named Ant, and it's kind of a collaborative project. They bring in other people, uh, locally, uh, in Cincinnati, Mr. Dibbs was one of their touring DJs and he's also got some production credits for some of their, some of their work. And, um, but they're, they're, you know, it's a small outfit out of Minneapolis that just completely blew up, you know, around, you know, the 99 to early two thousands. Um, because it's authentic. It's genuine. It's something that as you're listening to it, I don't care who you are. If you listen to the early stuff and you like, you know, really aggressive, like, uh, uh, you know, battle style rap or, you know, like the, the whole tear down, you know, it, you know, pick apart your opponent type of stuff. And, um, like a cipher. Kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, he, he shows both sides of his coin. And on the other side, there's, there's a lot of vulnerability, uh, that he exposes there mm. and takes very emotional issues and and turns them into uh, you know relatable art. Um, so I mean, he talks about everything from you know losing his dad and you know mm. uh, just I mean it, you know all kinds of women problems. You know, like, so it's got that storytelling element. We were absolutely, about. absolutely. So um, I'm not picking anything off of God Loves Ugly f- on purpose. Because around the time that she gave me that, this album, Seven's Travels, came out. And uh, this was right, right as they were starting to take off. So the video for this track that I'm about to play 
actually made it on MTV. So like, it was like these, you know, kids, you know, from Minneapolis that are doing this whole like counterculture indie rap thing, mm. you know, and, you know, just totally bucking the system. And all of a sudden they're on MTV. Like, like, Hey, this is actually happening guys, you know? Yeah. So, um, that's what drew me back to, you know, or at, le- at least let me keep hip hop in my life. Even if, you know, I totally missed, you know, all of the mainstream stuff that was going on. I still had good hard beats with, you know, lyrics that I could identify with. So, uh, this one is called trying to find a balance. Okay. They love the taste of blood. I don't know what that means, but I know now that this one's new to me. So I'm looking forward maybe to hearing they're it. Maybe evil as they seem, or maybe I only look out the window when it's scenic. Atmosphere finally made a good record. Yeah, right. That shit almost sounds convincing. The last time I felt as sick and contradictive as this was the last time we played a show in Cincy. Get nice. real, they tell me. If only they knew how real this life really gets. They would stop acting like a silly bitch. They would respect the cock, whether or not they believed in it. Doesn't take much, and that's messed up. Because these people <laughs> right. to impress us. While everyone was trying to outdo the last man. I was just a ghost trying to catch some Miss Pac-Man. Hello, ma'am, would you be interested in some sexual positions and emotional investments? See? <laughs> This is good stuff, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be adding this to my uh, listening playlist. Oh, yeah. Like, everything from the Seven's Travels, man, it was it, it was equally, like, aggressive. But, like I said, it, it, like, there's a definitely a vulnerability there. Like, he just, he exposes so much there that, like, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of... Like one of those things where like every girl wants to sleep with him and every dude wants to be him, you know, like but it, it but it, it it takes like some bravery. It takes some actual like uh guts to put that much of yourself out there as an artist in the way that he does. And I'm telling like but this song in particular, like I this is one of the ones that every time I go see them play live, this is the one that I really look forward to. Matter of fact, the night my wife and I met, her and her group of friends, and me and my group of friends, we all like kind of ended up in like this little pocket right at the front stage. Oh, okay. And, you know, the openers were done or whatever, and then the whole stage goes dark. And one of the band members comes out and starts playing that opening guitar part for this. And then all of a sudden the lights came on and he comes running out on stage with that like explosive opening, like uh, lyric like right, the beat starts. Uh, right when the beat starts. And I mean, it was just like, whoa, I am way too drunk for this. <laughs> but yeah, so a couple of months later, then. Uh, my my wife and I are you know uh, you know start talking and we were you know we found out that yeah we definitely have a lot in common when it came to atmosphere so like story man yeah this, like works into your oh yeah the story of your life yeah so like our uh, my my wife and I our um our like family motto I guess is uh, through simple in the struggle which is one of the lyrics from one of atmosphere songs yeah so yeah. 
yeah, I mean, love these guys. Follow them, and, and anytime they come into town, we've actually, you know, gone out and seen them when they're not in town. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe I'll try. I'll tag along next. Absolutely, time. absolutely. Uh, no, not at all. Unless it's a date. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. We the more the merrier when it comes to an atmosphere okay. concert for sure. For sure. They do, what do they do, Bogarts, or what, where do they play at? Um, we've seen them at the Madison, um, Bogarts, uh, yeah, a, a couple of other places, uh, Louisville, Lexington, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, Columbus, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Stay sober. Make you my you got the chill. The chill. Oh, right into you, man. Let's, let's do this. Hey, what is it? What? I know this track. What? What? Eric Sermon <laughs> in Parish making dollars. EPMD. That's right. Yes, sir. Tony bringing the heat, man. <laughs> So we can't bring this track up without mentioning the sample, of course. Right. Absolutely. Zapp and Rogers, more bounce to the ounce. Oh, yeah. Yes. Locals to us yes. here. Yes, they are. Oh, what really brought me to this song... At first, was that sample? Yeah, yeah. Um, because Same. you know, right after the the intro, where he's like, "You got to chill," and then more bounce to the ounce comes in. Right. I was introduced to this song in a skating rink. So that was, you know, that song "More Bounce to the Ounce" was a boogie bouncing jam. Right. You know. And then obviously they started rapping over it, and I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" <laughs> Right. You know, it's a great song, and I always love to dance on roller skates. That was my pastime, and that's what brought me to this song. And yeah, for sure. Um, Not to mention Eric Sermon. You yeah, know, right. <laughs> Prepare to come off in case of a diss. Don't worry about the thing. Cause we can do this. I can turn the party out just by standing still. Make a lady scream and shout. I don't know if you guys know, but it also says all the control of your body and soul. Pack a nine. Yeah, yep. It's time to roll. I'm the P double E M D E E. And one thing I hate is a bite in the sea. And you know what's funny is, is um, when you say the word bite, a lot of younger generation have no idea what, yep, the word what that means, means right, yeah. but it's pretty much copying, you know, copying, doing something stealing. that somebody else has already done. Yeah, right. And it's, it's, I said, I said that to my girlfriend one day. I said, I, I forget what it was. I said, stop biting, stop biting my shit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I promise I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, this, this song really. What what drew me to this song was the more bounce to the ounce sample. Yeah, and I, I it, at the time I really didn't know what sampling was or anything like that, you know. But that's what I thought it was. Was I thought the DJ at the skating rink was playing more bounce to the ounce and a rap track over it? But then right. I found out, you know, what the song. I went up asking what the song kind of goes back to like what I originally thought DJing was. You know, yeah. when I first came to raves and I thought you know the turntables like one side was you know percussion and then you know like I, I thought you know I thought it was something whole different going on up there but yeah yeah 
what I really love about that more bounce to the ounce is that like you know EPMD did it great, but like they weren't the only ones. Like Ice Cube and like I mean there were a bunch of people who really like took that and it was. Tiny D did a song too. Yeah. Called More Bounce. Yeah, and I mean it, that, it's just a great sample, great callback here to Dayton and just yeah. A lot of people, a lot of hip hop artists use tons and tons and tons of Zap and Roger. Right. Which right. You know you go back to the uh, Egyptian Lover episode. Yep. He calls it right out. You know. Yep. <laughs> Walking on. Uh, platinum, platinum dirt. Platinum yep, dirt. yep. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen though, but they, uh, I believe it's on Salem Avenue. There's a huge, a huge mural of Zap's album cover. Really? I did not know that. Nice. Yeah. That's Jungle Boogie right there. You can even hear him say Jungle Boogie mm-hmm. like the end of a phrase right. like two or three times in the song. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Great awesome. voice, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So my my next one is uh when I said I'll get back to that when you brought up the the more gangsta dark stuff. Right. This is uh this might bridge the gap because it's it's a very dark song. It's and it's definitely gangsta type of um topic, you right. know, subject matter. Yep. Um, but it's still, it still, it doesn't sound like anything else that was on the radio and, and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, this is by Mob Deep. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and start it. And this is, of course, the infamous Shook Ones Part 2. Yeah. To-, to all my killers and my hundred dollar billers. <laughs> <laughs> So this song, if uh, you know, for some of our slightly younger listeners, if they don't recognize this song, they might recognize the instrumental because it was on the Eight Mile soundtrack. This was the final battle song, right? So this is one of those storytelling kind of songs as well, but just much darker and and still kind of like one of those songs where it was like, this is hip hop where I'm expressing what's happening to our community, what's happening in the hood, you know, right. uh, when nobody else was listening kind of thing. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we major. You all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. You cool as Once again, this is also one of my favorite beats, hip hop beats of all time ever. Yeah, so like Prodigy. Mob Deep is a, a duo, Prodigy and Havoc, and um, Prodigy, I think, is it was the producer, and I mean, there's there's a couple of uh, tutorials out there if you're if you're so inclined to look for it, um, where uh, there's uh, a producer that goes out there and and remakes mm. all of these like you know iconic um, beats and things, and and this is one of them, and it's amazing what samples they actually pulled out i don't remember any of them off of the top of my head but they're unrecognizable Mm. like from the originals and that that just goes to show how how creative the hip-hop community was um and and dance music uh, of course but like you know some producers just really 
push the envelope. And I mean, it's, sometimes it's as simple as taking a piano riff. So like you can hear in there, there's that like, da, da, da. And they, and he took that and pitched it down like, you know, half a dozen octaves or something yeah. like that. And just made it so that it became this like that creepy thing in the background. Well, if you pitch that back up to the original sample, it's like a jazz piano or right. something. Yeah. So like it just the, and even just that like kind of like sireny horn thing that kind of like comes in and like blares you know throughout i forget what the what the sample was for that but it's not anything what you would think it is and it's that sample is so dissonant to the rest of the track like it's not in key it doesn't match anything right like it it works so well because it adds that tension right right it just happened while i was talking probably couldn't hear it. <laughs> You know what uh, uh, play. Like Max, I hit your dome up when I roll up the beak or sleep because of freaks. Sunny show. Ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death, scared to look. They shook. Cause ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death, scared to look. They shook. Cause ain't no such thing. So if you've seen 8 Mile and you remember that line, now you know where it came from. Right. <laughs> So yeah, Shook Ones by Mob Deep. Shook Ones Part Two. Now that is there a part one? I there even, is a part one, actually. Is like, it <laughs> at all? I don't even know. I I know I had to have heard it because I'm sure I the last time I thought that I probably looked it up. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it it's there. Stick. It's and I mean it's it it's very similar in in cadence and style. Um, the beat is not as impressive in my opinion. Okay. Um, so I think. You know, a lot of what like went on with Mob Deep during that time, like the infamous album is what made them like yeah. as far as like blasted them out, you know, on on the national scene. But the the yeah, the album before that where Shook One's part one was like it just it, it's similar, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. Like but I actually ordered uh, a T-shirt from Mob Deep a couple of years ago. I wear it every now and then. It says 90s hip hop on it real big. Yeah. And then on the top says Queensbridge. And, nice. Yeah, so it's, nice. it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Pretty cool shirt. Yeah. I loved Mob Deep, man. That that I, I rocked that infamous album. Yeah. I mean, I still do, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. And they, they found themselves in the middle of that whole East Coast, West Coast thing, oh, yeah. too. With, oh, yeah. You know, Tupac yeah. started going after them. Yep, and, absolutely. I mean, that was, that was you know, indicative of the times, though. Like, yeah. it was a very us or them type of thing. And, you know, very few uh, really escaped it. Um you know, Bone Thugs and Harmony was able to like kind of bridge some of the gap there and work with Biggie and Tupac. Yeah. Method Man actually, you know, was one of few uh, East Coast rappers that was able to successfully bridge, you know, the Wu Tang Clan. You know, instead of you know being exclusively, yes, we are only East Coast hip hop. They were able to say, yes, we are East Coast hip hop, but like we're all hip hop, and yeah. you know, so like Method Man and a couple of the other Wu Tang Clan members, they were able to work with different um, artists, you know, from both coasts, and even you know many you know here in the Midwest that were trying to you know make a name for themselves in the middle of all of that craziness. So that's my one dark kind of gangstery track there. So. <laughs> right. The more hip hop ones that we do, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take that on because that, <laughs> that, uh, gangster rap was, was my, was my ish. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my last one though, um, I, I did not go, um, any, any, any more gangster. I, I also, um, Picked out something that was far side ish, um, but uh, 
yeah, it, it's different. It, so these guys came out of Oakland, um, and they're part of a, 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 a collective, a, um, they're, they're part of a collective called the hieroglyphics. Um, so these guys, uh, if anybody knows who the hieroglyphics are, then they already know who Del the funky homo sapien is. Mm. Right. Um, and, and of course there's, there's more of those guys, but this particular group, souls of mischief, man, like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I know what's coming. That's now. right. And so does Mr. <laughs> Shifter. Shout that's out to right. you, Jack. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, like that's the whole thing on this is that it's, um, it, it's a very, it, it's a very iconic track. And right now, you know, we're just maxing in the studio. Of course, this is 93. Absolutely. Souls of Mischief. One of those beats I would like to see remade too. That uh, I don't know what that that stringy synthy. Yeah. Right. It's, there's just something about that sound. Yeah, right. It, it just makes the whole track exactly. I just I've, I love about these guys. I mean, it, it's it, it's again. I mean, we 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 beaten this horse dead in this episode, but it's it's still the storytelling aspect of it, yeah. and and you know, there's there's true lyricism there. There's 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 um there there's a lot of attention to like the cadence and the and um how words are woven together and. It's it's a group of them, but they're not overpowering each other. There's there's uh, you know everybody's got their own like different flavor, their own like thing to do, their own thing to say, their own sound. They all sound you know differently, and you know they they all play well with each other as well as you know contrasting each other. Yeah, they're one of those groups where like one a different member will punch in for like one bar, and then the other will keep on going right left off. You know, which was kind of. You don't hear a lot of that now, you know, like Digital Underground, they would do that. Right. Just like call and response type of. Exactly. Just awesome production quality there, too. This is how we feel from 93. And. I mean, really, when when you think about it, I mean, you know, a lot of the end of this track, the latter half of the track or the latter third of the track, it's, it, you know, it, it's a bunch of shout outs, yeah. you know, and, and that was something that was pretty iconic, too. Naughty by Nature used to do that a lot and, and uh, you know, some other groups, but like where they would just do a, a shout out track. So this is a really good like mixture of that because not only is it a good track, it's got great, you know, lyrics, it's got great style, it's got great production quality, but then like the whole latter, you know, third of the track is them just calling out to everybody with like the perfect tagline. 
<laughs> this is how we chill, you know, like, and this person knows how we chill, and that person knows how we chill, and yeah, we chill with you, and we chill with you, and all, you know. It's like Trip Turlington, you know that he's chilling. <laughs> right. You know that he's chilling. You know we're chilling. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean that's that that transcends time. I mean that's that's that, I mean this uh, this came out, <laughs> you know, of course in 1993. In case anybody didn't know what 93 till infinity meant, you know. But here we are in 2016, and like you know, I can still listen to this and just chill to it and drive to it and you know whatever. It's just yeah. There's a song on uh, on the low end theory that does that too. I can't think of which one it is. Yeah. That does that call out thing, yeah. shout out. Yeah. But I just, did, yeah, absolutely love this. I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm chilling. Sapien you know is chilling. Good choice, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a, I have a uh, house track that samples that, and it takes that that little stringy pad part I was talking about, and right. it just it chops it into a very brief sample and it's just do 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 and they just oh. kind of turn that into like a loopy yeah tech house track and it's pretty cool I play, play that every now and then huh i think it's matthias meyer or something hmm. like that yeah. hmm. called infinity um all right what do you got next for us tony oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> i swear every time i hear you guys talk about your tracks in 93 94 and i go back <laughs> 10 years prior to <laughs> no that's perfect man um this one is um this was one of my big songs when i was getting into the uh to break dancing in the break dance era um just every time i heard the song and that bass line at the very very beginning kick in um i ran out to the floor and you know started doing my thing it's nucleus jam on it oh yeah let's hear that bass line Oh, yeah. It's just so recognizable. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have any idea what year this was? 1984. Wow. Yeah. And that electro beat right there was just. What's the word I'm looking for? Quintessential? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For that era, that whole electro, this. Uh, play at your own risk. Planet Rock. Yeah, you yeah. know, just that whole electro feel. Like a Big Max. And it was all fun. You know, yeah. it's all about dancing right. and, and the battle between the breaking crews. Like, oh yeah. But it was still, it was still fun. You know, right. I was more New York influenced. I guess Brooklyn influenced on my uh, early days of hip hop. You know, the, the vocals on this track have kind of an interesting, like, uh, reverby 
quality to them that gives it that kind of arena sound. Right, right. That wasn't really, you don't really hear that a lot in hip hop. Right. It's kind of interesting. I am sure that this is in Egyptian Lovers uh, <laughs> record collection. Yeah. Yes. Very much hear that influence there. Nice choice, man. Thank you. And then you can't forget Wiki 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 again. <laughs> 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 When that bass line, everybody knew. When that bass line hit, they knew what that song was. Oh, yeah. You know? It's a cruel, cruel summer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think of every time. Is this definitely an extended version, or what version is this? Yeah, it must be. Uh, uh, uh. 12-inch edit. Right? Because the second verse would have came in a long time ago. Yeah. Without me. That baseline right there is killer, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's my wiki, guys. always makes me want to go skating right right a lot like a lot of my influence came from the roller skating (laughs) well i was gonna say like a lot of tony's choices make me want to go roller skating a lot yeah Listen to how unique the song is even now. Right. Like just the way it's structured. Yep. And these two going back and forth, you know, this kind of like you were talking about. Yeah. The 12-inch cut called Disco Through the Night. Even back, like, I don't know if you guys ever do this, but when you listen to songs when you're younger and you don't know, like I was talking about earlier, the word bite, you don't know what the words are, but how he just said... A 12 inch cut. I didn't know what a 12 inch was back then. Right. You know, and right. now you listen to it and you're like, oh, a 12 inch. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. All these words and phrases and everything. Yeah, somebody had a switchblade and was about to get <laughs> mugged or something. <laughs> well, really good one, Tony. Yeah. Thank you. Great choice. Thank you. All right. R- wrap us up, Michael. All right. So, my first. <laughs> Wait. Hey, I just answered to it, man. It's fine. You're not the first. Every. Every grade school teacher I ever had. Uh, uh, <laughs> nice. um, <laughs> Wrap us up, David. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to, you know, it was kind of like, you know, Tony was talking about, he was bringing in all tracks from a, the same era. It was very hard for me not to do that with, you know, the 90s. It's like 1995. I could have just, we, we could crank out 20 episodes on that one, one year. One year, for sure. Uh, so I wanted to bring in something that was, you know, released within the past few years. Okay. So uh, this is a Pharaoh Monch track, and it's called Dream. So, okay. or it's 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 called D R E A M. So I, maybe that stands for something. I haven't really paid that much attention, but sure. it it features uh, Talib Kweli. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, uh, go ahead and, and give it a start there. It's got a really cool Pull myself to little get throwback sample in it. Oh. Put on a new face. Another good feel feel good song. Oh yeah. Oh, I get back in the race. Cause I've got dreams. Yeah, dreams. Wife also really likes this. Not a track I would expect to hear Pharaoh on. everything around me. Dream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Everybody put their palms in the clouds. Get your hands in the sky. It's not a problem to feel, y'all. Even if I broke as fuck, I would lend you my last so you can holler at me still. PMC in the place. You like Trips feeling it over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the limericks are limitless. Well, I mean, because when you think about Pharaoh Monch, you know, everybody knows, like, the breakout get hit for Feral Monch was uh, get the fuck up, you know, <laughs> like, like, get the fuck up, you know, Simon says. So like, um, you know, to if you're not familiar with his like repertoire, like this, this, this is great. Like, yeah. you know, he's always been one of the more aggressive, like, you know, you know, just uh, I don't know. I don't have a better word for it than just he's an aggressive rapper and he's in your face and it's very blah, uh, you know, right up on you. Yeah, but and most of this track is very uplifting. Like, yeah, lyrical content. You know, there's one part where he said he, he got stuck in a loop of like smoking weed all the time and not really doing anything. And then it was clouding his brain. So he quit and he started dreaming again. And uh, it's, just, it's something you don't hear a lot. In hip-hop. Right, right. It's kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. I would lend you my last. Everybody put your paws in the clouds. Get him up in the sky. It's not a problem to feel. Welcome to the age of Aquarius and the stages of various schemes. Vicariously, I escape when I dream. Each scene should win an academy. Put it up on the screen. My strategy, Pharaoh's the king of queens. There's still lyricism around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta know where to look. Yeah, Talib is, is definitely one of those ones that, like, you know, he, you know, as he, you know, started exploding into mainstream, like, that's how I, you know, I didn't know about him until, you know, he started, you know, getting out there. Um, yeah, he's definitely one of the ones that, you know, especially, you know, you put him and most deaf together, you know, the whole black star thing. And I'm just, yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm a fan. That's Tali Quali. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five o'clock in the morning. Just getting home from last night's performance. When I'm dead tired from touring, I hit the coffin. I'm like a vampire required to stay door. I have the Spotify playlist called Feel Good Music, and this is one of the tracks I put on there. Oh, easily. I just want a mood lifter. Yeah, yeah. Has that that feel to it. Yeah, easily. I dreamed of candy-coated cars and panties that go with bras. Hurricanes named Sandy and Flip on the Noah's Ark. Police will bleed blue because they're staying true to the uniform. And Dennis Rodman in North Korea looking for unicorns. Ridiculous. The truth is I'm one of the best. And when you snooze, that's when you meet the cousin. The only downside to bringing in a song that's fairly recent is I don't have any really good stories about this one. You know, right. It's... It's just nice to to be able to find stuff like this still. Oh know? yeah, and because it's the common thing that you hear is you know it's either hip hop is dead or it's not like the good old days. And you know I'm I'm just as guilty as the next person for for you know dreaming about the the golden age and, and right. all that stuff. But 
you know, we're living at a time where everybody's making music. And if you know where to look, you can find just about anything you anything want. You want there, right. I mean, there are still some great lyricists out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and that's the, the great part is that, like, even just in a couple of, like, Facebook posts or, like, even within our own circle, like, you know, um, you know, we've actually encountered, you know, through Dayton Studios, like we've encountered a couple of, you know, people that when they've come in, like they've totally blown us away. So, you know, it's just um, it's become one of those things that, you know, for so long, you know, we we've complained about it. And, you know, you you can you can yearn for all the good old days and yada, 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 yada. But. Um, to your point, like it's out there and I think it's really starting to cycle back around. There's a lot of young people that are hearing and seeing what's going on in rap music today and, and hip hop and, and saying, you know, no, there's, there's, there's definitely there. It was done better before. Yeah. There's more to it than what's out there right now. Right. And I can bring, I can make it intelligent again. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you like a lot of the, the people that complain about that stuff, like their angle is, well, I'm just so tired of what I hear on the radio. Right. I'm like, why are you still comparing that to FM radio? <laughs> 2016. I got Spotify in my car. Right. 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 Serious radio. Like you can find some shit to listen to. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a little frustrating. There's never been a better time to find whatever you want. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, artists on the Rhyme Sayers uh, label from Minneapolis uh, that I mentioned earlier during the Atmosphere track, uh, Blueprint, he's actually out of Columbus, Ohio, and he's got a track called Radio Inactive. And it's basically, you know, something that he wrote in the basement. Uh, you know, and 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 it doesn't really follow a, a a typical song structure. You know, it's not A B A B or you know yeah. whatever, but um, but it's a heartfelt song. It's it, it's everything you know that he's thinking and feeling about you know music and his part in it and his journey in it. But there's a line in there where he says something along the lines of. Uh, when he's actually had fans tell him, you know, keep going, keep doing this, keep doing what you're doing because it's not just that you're talented, it's not just whatever, but, you know, the line is, you're the reason I don't turn my radio on. Mm. And, like, you know, I that's the way I feel when I hear good hip-hop, you know, even if it is on the radio, but that I don't get, I don't, that's not how I get my music anymore. Right. That's a beautiful place to wrap up, man. For sure. Well, welcome back. It's good to have you. <laughs> it's great to be back. Believe that. <laughs> so next week, we're going to be talking about how I fell for dance music. So we're each going to talk about our origins in dance music and why we like it and how we got here. So look forward to that next week. We'll see you then. Take care. Later. See Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. Welcome back. That's yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not my problem this time. <laughs> yeah, I really like that part where Bill Clinton was playing the sax. <laughs> that was actually Jimi Hendrix. Right. <laughs>